Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. My most two most valuable possessions materially are my Converse All Star red, white, and blue Chuck Taylors high tops that I had in high school, dude. Oh, and wow. I still, and I still freaking have them. That's like awesome. the right one is like the, it's all like like ripped up on the where the like the high top part, but the base of it, shoot, still good, man. Red, nice. white, and blue. That's cool. And then I have a flannel shirt that I bought years. I mean, I'm 35 years ago easily from Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> Goodness. And it's got one hole in it right there, dude. And that's yeah. it. And I still have that damn thing, dude. I used to love when I mean flannel t-shirts was the shit. Like when uh, I was yeah. young, I, I used to have so many of them. And just through the years, they've gone away. And and I've tried to buy flannels recently, that's and they just, just not they're, the same. they're no, no, they don't the feel like they well, used feel to this feel. One. That's not yeah. the same. No, I can tell just by it's looking just at it. Flimsy. Yeah, it's not beefy like they used to yeah, be. Yeah, they're they're flimsy. They're too whatever they're making them out of. Like it gets too hot inside yeah. of. They them. got yeah. they got like this after years of. Yeah, <laughs> like that Abercrombie flannel is freaking great, dude. Like I'm telling you, it's freaking great. I might even wear it some Saturday night. <laughs> this episode a, brought to you by yeah Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> flannels, but that's back before shirts. they were like the preppy <laughs> store in the mall. They, that, like they were like real legitimate outdoor wear wear back. Oh, then. is that how they started? Yeah, yeah, they were like LL Bean, dude. Like they were like, you want to go hunting for I some freaking elephant? Bean. That's what you would get is Abercrombie and Fitch or Banana Republic. Like I remember when I was a kid, Banana Republic had a catalog, dude. They didn't even have retail stores. And if you were going on a, swear to God, on a fucking safari, you would go in that catalog and get like luggage and rugged wear and canvas jackets and all that stuff, dude. I yeah. remember the service merchandise catalogs. We used Same to get those. Deal. And uh, Sears, you get the Sears catalogs. Yeah, yeah. And then it turned, service merchandise turned into service merchandise mart, which just ended up being like, like how Ross and TJ yeah. Maxx are now. Yeah. That's right. All service right. merchandise. <laughs> Damn. We're gonna have a Let's whole episode. Do that. Let's on retail. talk about that. Let's right talk there. about retail. Hey, I got a great bathing suit one time from the service merchandise. <laughs> really? Yes, I love that That's thing. Great. Well, yeah, John, thanks. I'd much rather talk about that kind of thing. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get we're gonna get into it today. All bets man. are off. Whatever y'all want to talk about, I'm down. Dude. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. We are speaking with John Robinson today. John, look at that camera there and tell everyone hi. Hey, everybody. That how one are right there. Oh, hi, that everybody. <laughs> After, you know, been in television for years. I don't know which camera to look at. Oh, there you are. Hey, everybody. So, um, so uh, John is in a band called Organic Soul. They will be performing here this Saturday. Uh, opening for them will be Ginger T. Shout out to Anna Holloway. Yeah. Um, love her to death. Last time she was here, she killed it. Yeah, she I expect did. the same thing to happen again. Absolutely. But uh, that's this Saturday. And we brought John in uh, to talk to him, not just about the show, but um, I think you've got a story that's worth telling our audience. You know, most of the people in your generation know who you are. 
at least around here, but our generation and, and the younger crowd might not know, and I think it's a story worth telling. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Uh, well, does he mean oh, when my generation? Does that mean like I'm really old? I'm calling yeah. you old. Yes. <laughs> well, you went to high. I mean, look. You, I know. Go ahead and say it. You, what? Here we go. Listen. You went to high school with my dad. Oh. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but I don't feel a day over seventeen, man. Nice, and and that's one and of the things. Yeah. That that's one of the <laughs> things about you that's so magnetic and, and attractive is is your 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 the energy you put out is. It's infectious, and you, you know it's. I love it when you show up for open mic. I know, I I know when I see you walk in the door, we're gonna have a good time. Awesome, and, thank you. And man. that's and and that's and that's why you're coming with the whole full band. Um, and we could talk a little bit if you want. Start talk about the band. How did the band come together? So so we're 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 uh, organic soul and. Uh, and how we came together is is really weird. I've known W. E. Uh, Elkovich, who's our mm -hmm. lead guitar player for a long time, and uh, he shreds. He shreds. I'm telling you, the kid. He, you know, he's a horrible. He cannot drive a car. He's like, do not get in a car with him. He's terrible. <laughs> he has no idea where directions are. Uh, but he's a musical genius. The man is really amazing, and he's he's self taught. Uh, and so he and I knew one another, and we were playing together just on and off here and there. He'd been in bands all over the place. I'd played in a couple of them that were you know, years ago. And uh, we just started kind of sitting around a campfire one day playing. And then uh, Caroline Osborne, who's our lead singer. Voice uh, of an angel. She, boy, I promise you, she is something else. She does man. have a very she, she powerful can, voice. She's got pipes, for sure. And there's a, you know, and the one thing I want to, want to point out is, you know, I, really, I wanted to say this coming in today, and I don't know if it's okay, but I promise you that we're grateful for you, Michael, what you do with the Rooster Dude and all you guys, because... Y'all support local musicians on in all genres, mm. right? And you do it out of love. You do it because there's also a business part of it, and and you help people like us able to showcase our talents. And you do that in, in such a way that nobody else in this town has really had the um, well, the testicles. I can't. I don't know if I can say that it's, on your podcast. I mean, you're right. It's it's. I mean, it's. You know, first of all, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, it's it requires patience and a little bit of fortitude. I mean, it's it's taking a while to kind of build up a reputation and get people to come out. The I mean, the, I love doing it. Like like I've said from the get go that this was never about money. Like yes, it's a business. Yes, we have to pay the bills, but this was a calling for me. This is you know not just a passion project, but a, a little bit more than that. It's, yeah. it's calling, um, and I I, I believe in what we're doing. Um, I I would just like to see more more people come. Like when we do shows and we have poor attendance, you know, it hurts my you know, it hurts my feelings. I'm Absolutely, like, Fuck, man. What did we do wrong here? Absolutely. But um, but we're getting there, you know. So thank you for that. But yeah. I don't. We don't. I don't. We, we're not going to talk about me. We're going to talk about. Yeah, you. I understand that. Completely. Let's see how I tried to deflect that. But no, we're grateful for that, and so we're grateful to be playing here on the 18th um, yeah. with Anna and everybody and, and Ginger T and and, and so. And so W and I met each other years ago, and we were playing just kind of whatever. I already said that, but and then Caroline Osborne kind of stepped into the equation uh, a little less than a year ago. She and I had met um, uh, on, on an outside event, mm -hmm. shall we say? And uh, she came up to me and she said, "I hear you guys play music. I'm a singer." And you know, there's some amazing female singers in this city, right? Mm -hmm. There really are. There really are. Yeah, it's crazy how good they are. I mean, well, Jade Moore. Including know. the host of our open mic every Wednesday yeah. from yes, 7 to midnight. Week, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are. It's amazing, right? Yeah. And Caroline said she sang, and I'm like, okay, cool, that's all right. And, 
you know, I was I was not in a relationship with you know with anybody. I, I was you know I was single and uh, and she said, "Can I give you my number?" And I'm like, well, "Well, yeah, but this is strictly business. Like, if you want to come and sing with us, that's fine. Because <laughs> there's a point to this." Uh, and so she sent me a recording of something she had done when she was up in High Point, and and I listened to it and I was like, "Dude, there's no way that's her. There's that's not you." And so I called her. And I said, is that really you singing on this? Because she, she had a, a band up there. And she's like, yeah, it's what I do. And she can sing all genres, and she is the most soulful singer I've ever heard, right? So she stepped into the equation. And Chris Offord, who's another buddy of ours, who uh, has uh, just, in, you know, we're really focused on vocal harmonies and things mm -hmm. like that. And Chris just brings this thing to the table where he can do the things that I can't do, which are reach high notes. Like, I, you know, it's not going to happen. So we, we, Chris stepped in, and he plays a beatbox. And, some percussion and we just started doing this thing and and here we are man and i don't know where it's going to take us none of us have any dreams of starting we just love to play music yeah we 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 love to spread love uh we've all been through a lot of like everybody else for that matter has been through a lot of stuff in our lives man make right. bad choices bad decisions and uh and today we're all on this same path of recovery and i'm going to say that it's not breaking anybody's anonymity but that's what we do, and so we kind of focus all of that energy into our music, man, and, and we bring a good time. And it's a good addiction, right? Like, it is. Like, compared it's a great to what, alternative. Absolutely, <laughs> compared to what you know, and I have no problems talking about my my well, past. Well, let's let's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you you you've laid the the foundation here. Let's yeah. let's start at high school, right? Nah, like, yeah. That's kind of where. You know, that's kind of where the the, the journey started for you. Absolutely. Um, for those who don't know, um, John was a star basketball player here in Hunter Huss High School. So I'm gonna slowest let you white guy that ever walked the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to my dad, uh, all the ladies loved you in high school. Dear so. gosh, it <laughs> was a long time ago, and they had bad taste back then. So, so you, so you, as a young man, you you developed a talent for sports. Yeah. So start there. You're playing basketball in high school. Where does this take you and, and kind of map out your journey from so, there? So basketball was never really my first choice. I met a guy who, and everybody knows this story about me and it's been made public. Uh, I met a guy who was at the YMCA who was a basketball coach. And, uh, and he uh, invited me to play on his team. I, I didn't have a father. My dad left when I was six. So I met this guy. I'm not going to mention his name, but people know who it is in this town. And he uh, he was everything. I thought he was you know king of the world. He was you know athletic, good looking, basketball coach. He paid me attention, and uh, and so he molded me, groomed me into a into a, I guess what you call a, all American high school basketball player. Mm -hmm. uh, by the at the same time, and I, I like to talk about this now because it defined me for a long time in the choices that I made. Um, he also sexually abused me. In a okay. severe way, and uh, so I'm a I'm, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. Uh, that was at 10 years old, from 10 from about 10 to 12 is how that how, how long that went on, and so at at 11 is when I first started uh, making bad choices in terms of. You know, now, with, while that's while that's well while that's <laughs> happening, I'm talking about it doesn't bother anybody. Well, while it's that while that's happening, you said you know, your dad wasn't around. Yeah. Did did you? Was it, did you have the wherewithal to, to talk to anybody no, about it? absolutely not. And, you know, I do a lot of work today with, with young people that are survivors of sexual abuse. And, and I, you know, I understand the day that I was a victim, I got preyed upon. Um, 
And, you know, for a lot of men especially, and it's a common denominator in a lot of men, especially men in recovery, mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I've got some stuff I'm going to take to my grave. I ain't telling anybody. Well, that's probably... Probably Unhealthy. what it is. Probably what it is. I mean, yeah. we pretty much know today that that's, that's what it is. And there's nothing to be ashamed of, men and women. You know, I take this thing down a huge rabbit hole. The body responds to physical stimulation, uh, but the spirit does not, right. especially in, in, in that arena. And so uh, it confuses the, the victim. They get, you know, there's conflict. You're splitting your personalities. You deny God if you believe in a God. All this kind of stuff. I always just think, how can bad things happen to somebody uh, if there's a God. And so it defined me in terms of my belief and, you know, there was no God. If this is going to happen to me, there is no God. I understand today that it's like free will and people do their own thing. And I, I've struggled with that myself. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too yeah, yeah, yeah. I into the weeds, but you know right what on. I have going on at home and, you know, that that's, that's really shaking my ability to put a lot of faith in yeah. what some people have to say. So. And that's understandable, dude, and I spent my whole life doing that. And so... You know, that, that abuse happened, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I was craving a father and uh, the, the attention and, you know, he was buying me things and then at the same time coaching me into this basketball player, right? I was his little protege and, uh, and I got really good at it and wound up getting a full scholarship to the University of Maryland, playing basketball at College Park. And then I played overseas for, I don't know how many years, God. 15, 10, 15, something like that. 10 right years. out of college, right you, out of college. You went straight into what, yeah. European League? Yeah, yeah. Went, well, I went to South America. I South went to Quito, Ecuador. <laughs> oh, nice. And by this time, when I got into high, by the time I was out of high school, I'm doing pretty much every drug known to man. So, so the drugs you started in high school or before? I started when I was, I, I, my first drug was alcohol. Then after that, it was Dilaudid at 13 years old. Delata, for those who don't know, that was a pill. And that was the <laughs> big mama in Gaston <laughs> yeah. County back in the day. Gaston County at one time was known as the delighted capital of the world. Gastonia's uh, got a lot of nicknames. He's been known for a lot of stuff. <laughs> for a lot of bad <laughs> shit. Let me tell you, you better about it, dude. <laughs> Listen, they used to break into Moss Drugs down here on Franklin Boulevard across from the YMCA. They used to cut through the roof of that place about once a week to get a hold of Delata's. Yeah, absolutely. So that I found out about that through some, you know, how, how we all do, right? And, uh, and then I was on my way. And there's a movie, and I, I, I always like to refer to this. There's a movie called, uh, what's it called? Basketball Diaries with Leonard, uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that was essentially my life. He had this parallel universe going on, dude, where he was using and drinking, but he was this basketball player and trying to pretend he was all that in a bag of chips. And that went on for a very long time. How old were you when you finally decided to address the trauma of the abuse? So that took me that took me almost forty years to do that. Really, mm -hmm. that long? Yeah, yeah, man. So, so I'm you sixty three years old now, and so by the time I was about fifty, I started thinking I need to do something about this because this is not good. See, a, a lot of like it, that type of abuse and, and trauma manifests itself in so many different ways. Or something. Right. You know, that, you know, a lot of people, anger is their go-to, like, you know, it's a chaos, that was mine. chaos and anger, you know, yeah. and then some people it's drug abuse, some people yeah. it's all of the above. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, so you go to Quito, Ecuador, yeah. right out of college, you, 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 you're stepping right into a career in sports you're an athlete. You're a good-looking man. Yeah. You know, so you get to Ecuador. I mean, I'm. You know, 
womanizing, all that stuff. Talk a little bit about your experience. You've, you've started using drugs. You went from delight and alcohol. Where, what happens when you go to South America? So the first thing I learned to say in Spanish was, donde esta la cocaína? <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. But, it is funny. But it is. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to learn anything else, but dame una cerveza, por favor. Give me another beer. Mm -hmm. And donde esta la cocaína, mi amigo. And I'm sure you didn't have to look look very hard for no, that. No, no, no. So, so I stayed there for, I think maybe, I was in Ecuador for four years. And then I went to, I think, Brazil for a year or two, and then some other places, yeah. But I was going hard and heavy then, man. But I was still able to function. And, and I need to say, like, there's, you know, there's people that can do that, and they can go home at night, you know, and whatever. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. You're there till it's all gone. I'm there till my whole life was a complete and total disaster. Okay, so, and that's yeah. your 20s, basically. 20s, 30s, 40s. 20s, 30s, 40s. So you were on the road for 25, 30 years? Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, you, when do you decide to come back to North Carolina? <coughs> okay, well, yeah, so I was, I came back, well, I was playing basketball for 10 years. So okay. how, how pretty much, so what, by the time I got to my, like, 29, 30, I think is when I came home. And started working in radio at WBT Radio in Charlotte. So how do you get that opportunity? Yeah, I mean, because because I'm assuming that the the suits don't know that you're you're no. battling addiction no, and no all idea. this. They just know that you're this star basketball hometown basketball player. You've gone off and you've had a career. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know, you get into your 30s, you start aging out of professional sports, yeah. you know, on some level, and yeah. so you come home. And what even made you think to go get a job at WBT? Like, how does so, that happen? So I went to Maryland to play basketball. That was my main thing. I was like, I'm here, to, but but you also have to kind of get a, like a degree or something. Right. right. So my freshman year, I declared pre-med as my my major. It's ambitious. Because but here's why. <laughs> because we had we had like this um, what do you call it? A media guide, right? Like yeah. this, the media guide, and I thought it would look really cool to have my have me like as pre-med as a major dude i never even took i think i failed like all my like chemistry classes in high school you know but i was always a good writer and i could probably i could talk fairly well and so i'd said after i i flunked out my freshman year at maryland i had to get reinstated because okay. my gpa was like 1.4 and i was drinking beer and getting high every night uh but then i got reinstated so i was like i need to get serious i need to get a, a degree Let's do, uh, okay, yeah, journalism. Let's do that. Radio, television, and film. That sounds fun. And that's how I got into it, dude. Okay. So I had that degree, and I'd never worked outside of playing basketball after I graduated. I was playing ball, but then I just knew I could go maybe work at a radio station. So I went to this little radio station down in, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Chester, South Carolina, WCGD, <coughs> AM 1220 or something. And, uh, and I went down there and auditioned for the guys. Like, can you just let me just talk in the microphone and see what we can do? And he's like, yeah, and the radio station sucked. It was terrible. Yeah. And they played country music, like old school country. And I was, I got the morning, because nobody else wanted it. Nobody, nobody would work there. So really? Like, so I drove from Gastonia to Chester every day for like two years doing the morning show on that AM radio station down there. Now, were you just DJing, or were you yeah, also like, doing news? No, nah, I was DJing and doing the local weather report. Like, and then we did the swap shop on Saturdays. Oh, wow. Yeah. Blast from the past. Twelve. Swap, the swap shop, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. AM, AM 1220, WGCD. What you buying, selling, and trading this morning, my brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. 
<laughs> yeah. So two years on AM radio. I'm assuming you got pulled up. You got scouted. Yeah, I, I, I was there two years. So I got to, like anything, like when we're playing music, right? When you first start singing, you, you know, you got to hone your skills a little bit. So they always say in broadcasting, go somewhere where you can be really bad for a little bit. Okay. And the stakes aren't that high, and there's nobody listening, really. I might have had 20 people listening in the mornings. But I kind of got I got an idea how to do it. And then uh, I sent a tape out to, I think I went to Light 102.9 after that. I left there and I moved to Charlotte and got some beautiful music station. And then from there, I got a call to go to WBT, and I went to BT Radio, and that's where things took off. Awesome. Yeah. So Now, meanwhile, you're still... Using and drinking. Using and tearing it up and yeah. having a good time. Um, how long were you at WBT before, you know, things start to come off the tracks? So probably I was there, I was at BT Radio for seven years, maybe eight. And about halfway into it, I was, I was missing work. And um, I mean, my program director, Mary June Rose, called me into her office one day and she's like, what is wrong with you? You know, and I'm like, nothing. I'm just drinking a lot, you know, like everybody else in this building. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I remember one time she asked, are you doing drugs? And I'm like, no, hell no. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then that lasted for seven years, and I left and went to television because they, they kind of, like, didn't want to renew my contract at the end of that seven years. And then one of the guys in TV was all in the same building over there. One, what, what, yes, one Julian Price place. Yeah. Jefferson Pilot Communications at the time. Yeah. And uh, the, the manager of the television station said, come on, we want you to come down here. And that's how I got the TV. And I started doing that TV, but I was still using and drinking. And then eventually, you know, that, that for, you know, I have no problems admitting that I'm an addict and I'm in I'm recovery. I'm not going to. I don't think that's a big well, deal to I'm, say I'm, that. I'm trying to... But I know the wheels were going to... I knew the wheels were going to come off eventually. And the reason I'm kind of structuring this conversation the way that I am is that I'm trying to make a point so that anyone watching can see, like, like a lifetime. A lifetime. A maybe. lifetime. Like, lifetime. trauma at a young age translates for a lot of people into this lifetime. Of, and, and it does... Like, yeah. some people are high-functioning... Addicts and alcoholics Absolutely. and other people get swallowed up by it. Absolutely. But you're a, you're a great example of how, you know, you you just kept stuffing it down <coughs> for <coughs> decades. Yeah. And 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 I want to lead up to the breaking point and yeah, we'll, okay. and we'll get right there. On. So so you get into TV, you're still using it. Did you, did you ever get married during all this? I did. I got married to a beautiful woman named Melissa uh, Scharnberg, and she was my wife for about seven years. And this was during the WBT yeah, days? Yeah, and she used to call in, while, and she, she, you know, she loved me so much. It was total codependency, you know, because she was an addict as well. Oh, no, no, she was not. Oh, absolutely not, man. And uh, it was just codependency for you. Codependency for her. For her, because she wanted me to so badly to get well and be better. And about two days a week, I'd call in sick, dude. I couldn't make it into work. And that started becoming habitual. Like every week, it got to be that way. So uh, after uh, she went, (laughs) dude, she went to one Al Anon meeting after seven years with me, right? And, and we had this big, beautiful house in Charlotte. And she came home, and she she looked. She came into the kitchen, and we had this, you could look through to the living room, and she's like, "You, get the f out of here right now." And that was the end of that. I said, "Who me? This is my house. You know, like I'm king of the world." No, dude, I was a complete wreck. So she had had enough. She had enough, bro. She kicked me out. She said, "You got to go now." And I was like, "I'm not leaving." She goes, well, "I'm calling the police." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll, I'm going now." 
But to, what's, what's really beautiful about this whole thing, because ultimately what we're going to get to is that there's healing and that there's redemption and that there's, um, I like to call it God's grace, but we can call it whatever, universal grace, the universe, whatever that is, that where things heal up, man, if we allow ourselves to get some help. And, and she and I are best friends today. Like, that's one of my dear friends. She and then I'm glad second. to hear that. Yeah, dude, yeah, it's crazy. Because you know, if anybody could cut my you-know-what's off, it would be both of my ex-wives. So and there's so, been a lot of healing and forgiveness. So, but at this point, you're still you still have this career. Yeah. Right. So you lose your wife, but you yeah. still have a career. Yeah, the career was going to go next, though. <laughs> and did you? And you you knew it was happening. Like I knew, you knew I it could, was going to happen. I knew it was happening, and I could not stop. Okay. So so what? What? Where's the breaking point? How did how did you go from, <sighs> you know this. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't have a good metaphor. You're, you're driving this Ferrari down the highway. You're just having a blast. You're having a good time. When does the crash happen? Crash happened probably, the, well, there were multiple crashes. And that's the crazy thing about people like us that are, you know, that can't, you know, just, here's the deal. There's majority of people in this world can drink, and there's nothing wrong with that. I support it 100%. Uh, they can smoke weed, support the 100%, I, you know, do whatever, you know. But I'm not the one. The people like us that are either alcoholics or addicts can't do that. And they can't do what we can, but we can't do it successfully. <laughs> and bad shit happens. Not if you want to be a healthy individual. Not if I want to be healthy and complete and whole and be productive and be able to live life and, and be a part of this, this thing right here with you guys and to come up here and see all these other amazing musicians. And it's no way. It doesn't happen. And ultimately, it will get really gnarly. And so that's what it did, man. Like, the first crash happened, like, in 1998 or something like that. And then I thought it was bad then. And I'm like, you know, okay, I'm get, let me just stop for a little bit and let these people get off my rear end and, and then go back out and start doing the same crap again. And, and then it just gets worse every time. So anybody that's living in that, I understand it. We don't judge anybody, bro. I got friends of mine that are still struggling like hell, dude. And, and I do nothing but love on them and go. Well, the right. fact of the matter is, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll die, or, you know, I'll, I'll go off track for a minute. The fact of the matter is, you, everyone makes bad decisions. Absolutely. Like, like there's, you don't get to, you don't get Part to be human. Yeah, you don't get to go Absolutely. through life and never fuck up, right? Like right. we're all going to fuck up. You know, the, the the thing that matters is what you do with that, right? Like, Absolutely. how do you handle the, how do you handle the backlash? How do you handle the the stress and, and, and everything that comes after that. What did you learn from that? You know, that's yeah. what I t tell my daughter all the time. Like, you yeah. know, as long as you learn something from it, it's because she gets frustrated. She gets angry when she can't do something right. Right. And it's like, well, you know, instead of being angry, <coughs> try to figure out how to be better because of this. Like, what did you learn? That kind of stuff. So, you know, I mean, if you don't... You, Feel free to say whatever you want about, about you, the, the multiple crashes, but I want to get to the point where the change happened. Change happened uh, a few years back where I absolutely said, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I don't want, I, I don't, I, you know, and by this time I had lost, I not lost, I didn't lose anything. I gave it away. Like using and drinking for me uh, was more important than anything. My music, um, my family, my kids, my jobs. I was, you know, working for the Carolina Panthers too, doing their stuff and, I got locked up one weekend. <laughs> you can't be in jail and do an NFL football game. No. <laughs> sure that I laugh about it now. Because, listen, we, we laugh. We, it's, it's good laughter because it's healthy to remember, you know, what happens to me whenever I decide to do that. And those are the things that happen. 
I got lawyer buddies of mine that are in, that are in this journey with me, man. And one of them, man, he, they, dear God, they broke in at the halftime of the Super Bowl because there was a manhunt going on in Charlotte. Somebody had rolled their Land Rover on 85 about nine times. And it was one of my best friends who's an attorney in Charlotte. He so was running around he was with high you. as a kite, bro. He knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and today he's he's amazing, you know. But but the point of it is is that um, you know we, we we just it's just disastrous. So what time did it all go bye bye? Is probably ten years ago is when it all started going bye bye, man. Where the job they I got fired at uh, the Panthers. Uh, they escort well they. They told me they loved what I did, but because I was in jail, I violated the um, behavioral clause. Yep. <laughs> and there's a behavioral clause in the NFL, and uh, I was part of that, and they said, we can't do this anymore. And so that went bye-bye. Then my TV jobs went bye-bye. My family had already gone by this point. My kids had nothing to do with me, and I'm sitting there alone getting high, dude. And uh, I said, fuck this, man, I ain't doing this anymore. Something's gotta give. And so I went out and sought, up, sought help, and there's tons of help. There's 12 step up, you know, I'm not here to promote anything. Whatever that looks like, get down with it. Is my Yeah, no, my I thing, agree man. with that you know statement what I mean, 100%. Dude? Whatever like it looks like, get yeah, down with it. Yeah. Yeah, some people there's the the 12 steps, absolutely. there's the anon yeah, uh, organizations for others, there's there's a, a religious um, you know, aspect yeah. that, you know, a, a community that absolutely. you can join, you know, but the 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 key is to find something positive Absolutely. that you can throw yourself into. And then find people around you that will support you in that. You know, none of my friends will offer me anything, dude. They're not my friends if they do that. And again, I got buddies that drink. I got buddies that, you know, I'm in the, we're in the music deal. So people do whatever they do, right? But they manage and they, they're not, they're not, there's not, it's not a problem. Well, right? So I don't have a position on going, you shouldn't do that because I can't do it. Nah, bro, have at it, man. And I, I do, I do it. I'm I, the one with the problem, not y'all. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that attitude. I promise you, dude. Yeah, but and that's how all my boys in, in, that I roll with, like W.E. and Caroline and, and Chris, we all have that attitude, man. It's like, man, no, it's not for us to tell somebody that. Hell no. And that's the, the well, that's what separates, uh, man, I'm going to butcher this, I Someone's going to get mad about the way I say this, but that's what separates winners from losers. Yeah, right. It's, it's a mentality. Like a winner yeah. that, that can overcome the, the trauma and the tragedy and all of the, the bad shit, the winner can can take that mentality and move forward and not project your insecurity on everybody else around absolutely, you. Absolutely, bro. You know, the losers are the ones that are saying, you can't do that because I can't do yeah, that. Absolutely. That's a loser mentality. Absolutely, dude. Listen, I'm a, look, okay, so boom. Okay, guilty yeah. as charged, Your Honor. Okay. <laughs> I still smoke cigarettes, right? And I, I got, don't, if you're an ex-cigarette smoker, do not tell me to quit smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I'm it. sorry, no, dude. Do not be a self-righteous ex-smoker. And I will yeah. not be a self-righteous ex-drinker. No damn way. Not going to happen, dude. Not happening. But um, but if somebody needs help, and if somebody says to me, man, look, I can't stop this, and I got bad shit happening, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, what can I do to help you, bro? And that's that's you what know, I'll do. And not to, not to be a... <laughs> Not to be selfish about it, but that's you know that, that's what we do here. This is a place you can come and be a part of this community, and you can come here, and we're not going to force liquor down your throat or force you know needles in your arm or anything like that. Absolutely like, not. You know, we'll sell you a liquid death. Yeah. yeah. You can put a can in your hand that's not alcohol, right? But I encourage you that if you like really cold beer and good music, <laughs> this is the place yeah. to be, yeah. man. <laughs> and good people. 
but it's I a mean, lot of love and a lot of generosity too, dude. That's the other part of this thing, right? There's yeah. there, there's a lot of lot of generous because sometimes people get territorial on music and all that. But there's a lot of generosity. What oh, you yeah. do with open mic, man, it's cool as hell, dude. I promise yeah. you, that's from the heart, bro. Yeah, I appreciate I that. It, we, I mean, you know, there, there be, I'd be lying if I didn't, you know, admit that when 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 thinking about this and, and building this place up and putting it all together, like those type of thoughts would go through my mind about, man, we can really help people here. Like we can really do, do something special for people that need a place to go. Yeah. And um, so all all of this, I mean, you've lived a lifetime. <clears throat> You know, you've done every, <clears throat> excuse me, you did everything you could to fuck up all the good things that, were, that, that were given to you. And I, don't, I shouldn't say it that way. The no, 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 you should say it no, that you, way. No, you, but you earned it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you earned it. You had a talent. <clears throat> and, 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 and all of this stemmed from this traumatic experience as a child. Yeah, had it's, a lot to do with it, man. And, and I, so now, thinking back, you know, was there ever a point where you've, or has there been a point since you've gotten sober that you've thought that your life was better before? Absolutely not. Let me tell you something, brother. I wouldn't trade all the money I had, all the material possessions I had. If you want to call it prestige or notoriety, which I had, I mean, because I, I, my job is no different than your job or yours. Yours is more in the public eye than a lot of people's, but my job, all I was was a bricklayer that was in the public eye. People got to see me do my job. Right. Uh, but, but I wouldn't trade any of that, what I have today, for any of that. And that's a fact. Awesome. That's a fact. Man, I got freedom today. Uh, I've got the most amazing people in my life today. And that's a fact. Boy, have, you, you. have you been able to manage, like, mending some of the relationships that, that yeah, yeah. Like, like with family and children? And stuff all like of that? them. My whole family. Look, I'm, my, my, I, I can get emotional. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first yeah, one yeah. on this couch that's cried. <laughs> well, I can tell you now, I can remember Christmas Day about seven years ago. No, it's been longer than that. About eight years ago when I went to my sister's house, I was drunk. And well, I called her first because I, I didn't have anywhere to go. And, and uh, I called my sister Lori and I said, can I, I didn't even know it was Christmas day actually. I'd gone into Circle K on Cox Road and I stole a, uh, a, a, a donut out of that donut case yeah. and had me money. And, my, and I, I was like, I remember the homeless guy was in there and I asked him, I said, man, what day is today, bro? He goes, man, it's Christmas, brother. It's Christmas day. And I remember looking at him going, you gotta be freaking kidding me, dude. I didn't even know what day it was. And uh, so I called my sister, Lori, who lives in Belmont, my biggest supporter today, my best friend ever. Uh, she finally gave, she never gave up on me, but she said, I don't want you near me until you get, you know, get your shit together. Anyway, so this guy tells me um, it's Christmas Day, and I was like, oh my God, I haven't eaten, I haven't seen my family, let me call down there. And I called my sister, and she's like, well, you're not coming here. I said, well, I'm starving. She goes, well, let me tell you what I'll do. If you can be here between 11.15 and 11.20, five minute window, uh, I'll bring a plate of food out to you. And I went to my uh, sister's house. I got there 1121, I was a minute late, and she was not on the front porch. Her husband was ready to kill me at this time, right, Joe Frazier. And, uh, and I'm looking at her porch, trying to see where she at. she's at. I had my window down, and a hand comes through the car and grabs me around the neck, and it's her husband. And he says to me, you got a lot of balls showing up here, boy, and you need to get the fuck out of here. And I pulled out of the driveway, and I did not get my food, <laughs> right? And fast forward to today, uh, that's the miracle. 
That's the miracle, brother. Because I go to my sister's house anytime I want. I eat there. I, I don't need. I buy groceries today. But but the bottom line is that I have a relationship with her husband, my nephew Matthew Frazier, who's my hero, who's an uh, ex uh, uh, army boy, uh, and my sister Lori. And I talk to her every day. I see her every, um, all the time. And I'll be at her house on Thanksgiving Day eating uh, Thanksgiving dinner. That's beautiful. And she'll be here, and she'll be here. You'll meet her. You I was gonna say. I was oh, going yeah. to ask you if she's coming. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. I call because my sister Lori, like, she'll have a couple of pops every now and then. She'll have a few beers. So I told her, I said, look, you have to be at this show. You're bringing your husband. Tell Matthew and all his little boys because I call them little boys. They're all in there like late 20s now. And, <laughs> They're still uh, boys too. And I said, y'all need to drink a shit ton of beer while you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and my sister goes, I don't drink more than two because I get tipsy. I'm like, you're a freaking lightweight. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Two. <laughs> but so they'll be here and you guys will get to meet them. And I can't wait for them. To I, I'm looking here. forward to it. She's yeah. amazing. She's amazing. And she lived through, she lived through all of that with me. It's, I mean, it's tough. Like, I, I mean, I, I can relate to her in this story. Like, I, I you know, not, not, not that I had a sibling, but. My very best friend, who's basically a, a sibling to me, right on. Um, I watched him go through that, and um, it was it was about a four or five year stretch. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to put anybody's business out. Yeah, there, right on. But, I get but, you. I feel you. But it was. I mean, there 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 was one incident in particular that <laughs> might make me cry talking about. It's okay. Uh, you won't be the first person yeah. to cry on the sofa. He might be the first one on that <laughs> yeah. to cry. Um, well, you're over here going, "Oh no, dude, cry, please. Yeah. We love it. Like I love it." We oh, do. I think I was the first one. I don't cry. mind crying today. Like I tell you, I hear somebody play good music, or I see one yeah. of my friends write a song, man, and I'm just like, "Dude, live musical, freaking powerful." Yeah, man. live music sometimes can jerk a tear out of my eyes. Oh, oh, yeah. But no, he this this person, um, you know, needed a place to stay for the night, and I wouldn't let them. Like it broke my heart because I knew the situation and I had a very young daughter in the house at the time. And I was like, I don't want this around her, but I gave them the option to, I have a, a, a home office that's attached to my garage. And I was right. like, you can sleep in there for the night. Cool. And, and you know, it, I mean, it broke my heart. This is my very best friend. And, but fast forward, it, it took a while, but that person got their shit together and now they're thriving, okay. just thriving in life. Can I tell you why he, he, that, that's, he's like that today? Because sometimes when people are struggling, like, like I did and other millions of others, and including your friend, if one person, and you got to be careful how you do it, you can stay in my garage, but, but you plant that seed of love and that seed of hope. Yeah. And, and like, again, my sister... She didn't give up on me, but she had to say, you know what, you can't come over here, you can't get near it's, me. I mean, as, as you, bad as it is to hear for, yeah. from your perspective, yeah. to have to say that to somebody yeah. is, is, is it's soul-crushing. It is. Yeah. But you still loved him, though, dude. You still gave him yeah. love. You still showed him that love. And that seed was planted. And the thing about addiction and, and alcoholism, man, is like, uh, you know, we might not get it on the first time. It might take 50 times if we don't die first. Right. If we're lucky enough to survive it and lucky enough to have that seed planted us, trust me, we don't forget that shit, dude. When somebody showed me love, even though like it was tough love, even tough love, it's planted in there, and at some point, that thing will start blooming, and that's what's happened with your friend. I can say that because I'm a freaking expert in that, in that field. Yeah. I'm a mediocre guitar player, a halfway sucky singer, 
Oh, you my, sound great. Come on, dude. You. I was begging for a compliment. Come on, man. My bandmates are amazing, though, man, but I promise you that I do know a lot about that, and I know what love looks like, and I know that for people that are struggling with whatever, if somebody shows them love and has that attitude of, there by the grace of God go I, you know, I'm no better than, then that shit goes a long way, bro. That's, I mean, and and that's one of the things I appreciate so much about this community that we've that, that we've kind of created here, is there's just so many people that have that mindset. Not you know, not not just people who have trauma and addiction, yeah. but just all of the this whole community. Like there's, we don't get a lot of people that you know look down their nose at others right. or judgmental. Like occasionally someone will come in thinking they're hot shit, but they don't yeah. stay very long. Right? They they don't. They don't fit. You realize quickly you don't fit in here when you come in yeah. here with that bullshit. Yeah, you really don't. Yeah. You know that is something that you notice that they just they'll be here maybe a few times and I oh okay it's yeah. not for me it's not yeah. for me yeah. yeah if you want somebody you know if you want somebody to just kiss your ass all the time you know there there's other places you can go and do that but here yeah. we're family absolutely brother and that's you a know? fact that's a fact on that one man. So I wouldn't trade any of that for the world today, man. Like you know I got again great people in my life. You know, we got great places to be. I can be anywhere I want to go today without the fear of anything, man. Like, I, you know, I, it, I know if I'm, as long as I'm spiritually fit, which I am with the help of others, uh, I, I can do and go anywhere. Now, I wouldn't play, you know, music in like a we crack never... house or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's, you know, I it's, seen, that I... might not be a good idea. I know that, you know. <laughs> But this I, ain't no crack house. I didn't. I don't know any crack houses or trap houses that have stages. <laughs> no, 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 no. All that's trust me. All that's in the pawn shop. Yeah, exactly. Ah. All that's been sold. That's what I was gonna say. It's all been no, sold. It's, um, yeah. I mean, the one thing we haven't yeah. addressed is when you did. When did you decide to pick up a guitar? And, and now did you learn how to play and sing? Like, Wasn't that long ago? So I probably now my, my mom. God rest her soul. Was an amazing woman. She was a classically trained piano player, and okay. uh, she used to make me suffer through Christmases or her playing like you know <laughs> Christmas carols. My family would gather around on Paramount Circle, and I'd be like, Dude, "Get me out of here, man!" She turned me on to Broadway musicals when I was a kid. She put me in Durham School of Dance. Uh, which was an old ballroom dance mm -hmm. on Broad Street. Uh, only reason I went there because I heard there were going to be girls there, and I'm like, I'm down. And then, I'm sure that helped with your basketball career, though. It, yeah, I, I, <laughs> look, she made me do ballet, foxtrot, ballroom dancing, blah blah blah. But so guitar, she she put me in piano lessons, and I quit that because I just couldn't stand it, and I regret the hell out of it. Yeah. Because uh, I see, you know, yeah. Anyway, a lot of amazing keyboard players. But I picked up a guitar probably when I was like maybe, maybe forty. Okay. And I wasn't serious about it. I just thought it'd be cool to play a few chords, and and then I started getting serious about it probably ten years ago. Is when I really started going. You know what? I really want to get good at this. And I make no mistake about it. I am strictly a rhythm guitar player. Right. And uh, and I'm so grateful for W. E. Elkovich. That boy is not only my musical mate but he's my, my one of my soul brothers man and uh and uh he and i are ride or die and he's phenomenal and i've learned so much playing with him it's crazy and then just being around other people that play up here you know zach moss and i used to get together all the time and, Rest in peace. and play and you know we love zach man and he's still alive just not in this dimension yeah but, uh, he taught me a lot and taught me a lot about songwriting and uh 
And I always want to learn. By God, I suck compared to a lot of people. And I go, you know what? I'm going to keep trying so I can get like that. Well, that's a great attitude to have that you want to keep trying. But the I suck stuff. You got to you gotta stop saying that. Okay, I don't I, suck. You don't, don't suck, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's quite a few people. I, if I hear you say that you suck, I will call you out on Okay, it. you got it. That's a bad. I don't but, suck. So but tell I, people, I know my limitations. Well, um, tell people <laughs> what they can expect to hear when they come Saturday. Right on. This, this Saturday, November 18th, here at the Rooster, the show will start around 7.30 with yeah. Ginger Tea opening. Yep. Organic Soul headline. You're going to do, what, about two and a half hours? Yeah, we'll do, yeah. That's kind of what we, you know, we'll, we'll do as long as we, you know, we'll, as long as it As long as takes. people are hanging out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what we do is, uh, man, gosh, man, it's. How do I describe what we do? We just, I mean, it's a little all over the place, but it's yeah. the, the one thing that, or at least from what I've seen from you guys performing, yeah. a lot of your stuff has harmonies. Yeah, uh, well, we're funky. We have this. We have this deep soul that that kind of permeates from all of us. Um, we do uh, a lot of uh, like old school R and B. Uh, we do some like you know Maroon Five. Uh, we do country. I love country. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> help it. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're not anti-country. We're, we're not anti-country. But it's not. It's not normal country. Yeah. It's country with a funky rock flair. Yeah, I like the acoustically. But no, yeah. I mean, what you've done here, yeah. what's the ones, uh, it's it's kind of a newer song. To, one of the first songs you played when you came in here yeah. caught my attention. To you, I'm just a man. Uh, oh, yeah, that's uh, something in the orange, man. So, and what we do, too, is if we do a cover, then we're going to do it in our own arrangement. We're not going to mm -hmm. make it sound like the, no, we're not doing that, man. We, we put our own spin on it, do it different vocally. It'll always have a funky little undertone to it. Uh, Caroline, when she sings, can sing anything, so... Uh, and then we do a lot of originals too, which we'll bring to the table. We'll sprinkle those in as we as we go along. But I, I just call it fun music. Some of it's dance music. Some of it's you know, you know, old school like you know. Just a lot of stuff, stuff that you're going to want to sing along to. Oh, and yeah. a lot of stuff you sing along yeah. to. And here's my promise: is that it, you'll have a great groovy feel. You'll be uplifted. So weekend before Thanksgiving, and so we try to spread like just just. I don't even know how to put the word to it, but it's. We're just trying to make people feel good because we feel good, and we want you all to feel that it's way, too. It's just a nice, happy vibe. Yeah. It's a happy vibe, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so come out Saturday and check out yeah, Organic Soul. Please. And I do want to say uh, one thing before we wrap up. Like, you know, I don't – I hope – my hope is that somebody sees this and is inspired to make a change for the better. Yeah. You know, like there, we we glazed over your story. We, yeah. we we just hit the bullet points. I'm like you. I don't like talking about myself yeah. too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's really uncomfortable. I tried to put it back on him immediately. He's like, oh, yeah. "Nah, dude, no, we're talking about we're, you you're today." Here. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I you know we could we could spend hours diving into you yeah. know. But that's but that's for therapy. That's for recovery. Like they, there's yeah. people that are way more qualified than me to dive into whatever's going on. I just, I, what I want to do is bring attention to, to certain things that other people might be struggling with or dealing with that might think that they're alone. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not alone. Like, like yeah. a lot of what you experience, I mean, you went hard. All right, you went fucking hard. Yeah. You know, I, I was fortunate in that the bad decisions I made in life, I made early and, yeah. and, and, and Figured out. From uh, I learned from them. Well, <laughs> I not just that. I was I was pretty young when I had my first child. Right. You know, or very early twenties, and I just made a decision to stop fucking around and get serious about life. Right on. And and you know, I had the strength then 
to to make that decision. And, and believe me, it hasn't been perfect. There's yeah. a lot of bumps along the way. But there's a, so many times throughout my journey, I've just felt so alone. And music was the only thing that ever was there for me, that, that somebody was saying something that was on my mind yeah. and that I could relate to. And hopefully this episode of this podcast can help somebody relate and see that like you can have it all yeah. and it can all go away. Absolutely. Like, like every single one of us are susceptible to some sort of, yeah. you know, addiction or, or, you know, bad energy or whatever you want to call it. I like it. to call it bad energy, dude. Yeah. That's, that's, we die with that completely. Yeah. But I also like to, you know, just like what you're saying is there's hope. Whatever I did and experienced and felt, and even today, it ain't original. Like, you know, it's not original. Somebody else has felt it or done it or said it and thought it or whatever. It's not original. And even the even if it was horrible stuff and, and pain is pain and it doesn't matter what the, what the actual catalyst for that was, it's still pain. And if anybody's in it or going through it or making bad choices, you know, I, that's what we're all about today, man, is, is being able to say, look, dude, been there, done that, understand it. And there's a better way. And, and if you and, and, and there's there's hope, like as long as my, my buddy always tells me, as long as you're breathing, you dumb son of a bitch, there's hope. Yeah. Right. And as long as I'm breathing, there's been hope, holding man. on to that with this place yeah. for months now. Well, right on. Listen, y'all, I don't care who's watching. I do care. Thank you for watching. But man, y'all, if y'all have not been to the rooster or are not here consistently, this place is pretty damn special, man. It I'm is. telling you. And I don't have a vested place. interest in it. The only thing I get out of it is getting to play here, man, which is good. But yeah. the point of it is it's a great place, man. And we're big believers in Michael Carpenter and everything he does. And you know, I'm not getting paid to say that either. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's There's a, no it's budget even place, if I man. wanted so to. We need, we, need, we need stuff like this, man. You know, there's a lot. I man. agree. That's why, that's, why, that's why I did it. Yeah, that's dude. Why, so. I think we need it. I think I think this town needs it. It's something positive, something good. It's it a is. special place in people, like you said, and, and until they come in, they don't yeah. know how, just how special it is until they saw, it themselves. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, you had a big thing out here, like a yeah. headbangers ball or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I drove by and I'm like... Dude, <laughs> and, and that's just one segment of what y'all do here, yeah. man. I know oh, that's yeah. your favorite. Is that hard rock, man? I, I, I'm a metalhead. I mean, yeah, it's no <laughs> secret. No yeah. Yeah. But I do love it all, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, just just the other night, I was closing down. It was after uh, open mic, actually, this past week. You know, I, there was um, I'll, I'll before we wrap up, I'll, I'll tell this quick story. Since we're on the subject, when I was when I was in my twenties, I was struggling a lot, and I made a friend, and I, I lived out in the. Um, other other side of the state at the point and there was this guy named nathan davis who was a songwriter singer um he was a few years older than me but man his music was fucking powerful man like he he was springsteen inspired which i've never been a fan of bruce i I, either. I just i don't get it i i know you <laughs> Dude, northerners really, love that guy i don't, I don't get fucking it. get it <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, don't apologize. I get it completely. But, but he, but he, had, you know, he did a lot of acoustic stuff. He, he produced his own album in his kitchen. Some wow. of the percussions on his album are pot, literally pots and pans. Yeah. Like, but, but the album, when you listen to it, it sounds like a very well studio produced album. And um, a lot of his songs were about struggling with addiction and and and, and all and all the devils and, and stuff. And um, we, we made friends. I would go to a show, support him. His music kind of spoke to me. And he was a, a cocaine addict. Yeah. And um, he got clean. And when we started hanging out, he was in that transition period from going, like, that's how I met him the first time. <laughs> and then, and then uh, he's, he's getting clean, but, but we stayed friends. 
And he finally got clean, and he started to, like, get some traction down in the Charleston, South Carolina area. So right. he was driving down to Charleston every weekend for sure. He was, he was making money. He was on methadone to get clean. Right on. That's okay. So one weekend, methadone, he took too much. Yeah. And fucking cardiac arrest. Mm. And he died. Little daughter. And... His music, some of it's upbeat, but a lot of it's kind of sad. And so Wednesday, I was feeling some kind of way, and uh, I just I, I put that record on while I was cleaning up, and just like and let it just kind of help me move through the thing. It helped me remember him and kind of you know that that feeling we talked about about not being alone, having something to relate to. Yeah, man. And it's just, I mean, that's the fucking power of what we do and 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 music in in general. Absolutely. So so I say all that. Say so yes, I'm a metalhead, but I like all shit. You know, yeah, I, yeah. sometimes I want to hear a sad song. Sometimes I want to hear a happy yeah, song. Sometimes, sometimes I want to. Sometimes he puts on hollow notes. Oh, I fucking wow. love Hall of okay, so, Fame. <laughs> so don't even start They're with me. one of my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> Listen, he threw one of me my... off with yeah. the Hall of Notes for really? the first time. Yes, it really did. Are you kidding? What? They are amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. I didn't say they weren't. Yeah. I just said I just it was un unexpected. I'm talking about some serious Rich songwriting. Girl. It's gone too far. <laughs> you wanna play that? Uh, yeah, we can. We do uh yeah, she's gone. Yeah, dude, right oh, on. Daryl's house is a really good show, by it the way. It really is. Daryl's yeah, it's a really amazing. I tried to do that early on with Ben Gatlin. I tried to do yeah. like a Ben Gatlin and Friends thing, yeah. kinda like Daryl's yeah. house, just nobody showed up. I'll be darned. But uh all right, well before Thank we go, you. we're gonna wrap it up, but okay. I'm gonna give you one last minute if you wanna anything you wanna promote or any last words. Yeah, you wanna I just wanna say I'm grateful to be alive today, man, to being able to do what we do and uh I appreciate you guys, and uh, again, I've said it a hundred times, I appreciate the rooster, I appreciate the fact that we've got people that love and care about us, and, and we feel the same about you. Uh, you're not alone, there's hope for anything you're going through, man. You, you know, just ask somebody that you know and love, to trust, to, to, to give you a hand up, man, and, and it can happen. And as far as the music is concerned, I'm a proud member of Organic Soul, dude, and I love what we do, man. And uh, I love the people that I play music with, and they are my brothers and my sister. And Carolina, of course, is my girlfriend, which I never expected to happen. I didn't want that, but we are what we are, and it's pretty amazing. So please, uh, if you get a chance, come out the weekend before Thanksgiving, 18th of November, right here at the Rooster, and uh, and we will give you a good time, and you'll give us a good time because we feed off of what what goes on with everybody in the house, man. So. So that's all, man. We just hope we approach it with humility and that we're able to bring some uh, some happiness and some joy, man. Thank you so much for doing this, John. And if you're one of those people that are feeling alone, feel like there's anybody, come here. Yeah. And we'll give you a big hug. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give oh, you yeah. love hugs, yeah. man. Yeah. There's a lot of love in this room. So, yeah. thanks again. Appreciate you, brother. My pleasure. Brother. This Saturday at the Rooster Organic Soul with Ginger Tea. We're out. Peace and love. Love y'all, man. <laughs> <laughs>